0: Today in the church, we celebrate the feast of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, the uh, abbot. And in the morning reading this morning that uh, the church offers for us to read, uh, Bernard says this When God loves, all he desires is to be loved in return. The sole purpose of God's love is to be loved. Sounds very simple. That God loves because. He wants to, and all he wants back from us is that same love. We hear that so much in sacred scripture. We all could quote something. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. I have loved you with an everlasting love. In one of the Eucharistic prayers we say, he loved his people even to the end. The greatest of these is love. We hear it at weddings. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. We see it at football games. It's always there. This this whole idea of God loving us is always present in our midst. There are reminders all over that we are called to be people of love. And yet we misconstrue that. We so often misconstrue God's love, God's purpose we paint god as a very distant god who just one time created us and no longer cares he's got what he wants you know he, he we paint him as this eager eager and uh, and very evil ogre somewhere in heaven with a drone watching us so that at any moment he pushes the button and takes us out we see God as St. Paul paints him in that second reading as a, a God who's only interested in chastising and punishing his children. We misconstrue that God loves us. He pointed that out from the very beginning when he said, let us create them in our image. Where do we learn it? We learn it from our own life, don't we? We say things like... Um, He's the meanest father. He's, she's the meanest mother in the whole world. They won't let us do anything. It's the meanest teacher, the meanest principal of the school, the most overbearing leader, the most oppressive boss, the most harsh pastor we've ever had. And why do we say those things? Because we're looking for an assurance. We're looking for an assurance that someone really does care. Someone loves us. We want to be recognized, we want to be accomplished in our in in our what we and awarded for and accomplished for what we do. We want to know that God loves us. No, we don't want to know, we need to know that God's love never fails, that God loves us despite our sinfulness, that God loves us despite our wayward ways of being and living and moving. And yet God challenges us in that love. He says to us tonight, take that love and then try to enter my kingdom through the narrow gate. Try to be like that camel that goes through the eye of a needle. I was teasing yesterday in the office. I said, I think I'm going to to, to use the eye of the needle as, as my example. I'm going to talk about when I weighed almost 280 pounds and they put me in an MRI machine and I knew what the camel felt. <laughs> you know, we think about that. You know, how do, how, how do we do that? How do we, how do we take the love of God and, 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 and pare it down so that we can make it into that kingdom when it's such a broad, such a large uh, abundance of love? Society t- tells us, use the wide gate, get the open MRI. You know, use the wide gate. It's easier. The path is free. There are no obstacles. It's, it's already cleared out for you. And Jesus knew then and knows now that that's the advice that many of us will follow. He knows that for many of us, it's easier to embrace materialism and unchallenged wealth. He knows it's easier for us to amass power and prestige And yet he challenges us tonight. He says, go through the narrow gate. Go through the path of service. Go to the path of sacrifice. Go to the path of pain and suffering. Go to the path of faith. Try the path of love. I think St. Bernard's thought of the way God loves us is so that he can just be, be loved in return, and then we heard those readings at Mass tonight. They all, they all point us to, to really looking at our own self of uh, uh, call to discipleship. Who are we as the disciples of Christ? How authentic are we in following his call? God's love for us, it's authentic. It never changes. God's always relenting of His punishment us. God is always offering us another way to live. God is always offering us another path to His kingdom. Christ sacrificed for us, authentic. He would do it over and over. Went to that cross. Could have said, "That's enough." After the meal, he could have said, "We're checking out of this place and we're going into hiding." In the garden, he could have walked away from those those, uh, those guards resisted his arrest, could have walked away from Pontius Pilate and chose to be, to be killed for a fugitive, authentic love. The Holy Spirit's concerned for us to make sure that we're always being renewed and always walking the right path, authentic. Christ calls us to the same, be authentic so how are we authentic? I looked at an article that Christianity Today did a couple of years ago. Let me just sort of summarize what it says for us. And it says for us, in order to be authentic as a Christian, the first thing we have to do is acknowledge, verbally acknowledge, that Jesus Christ is Lord and King. That Jesus Christ is the center and Lord of our lives, nothing else. Secondly, they say, that we, when we sin, we should be feeling unhappy, we should be miserable. In other words, we should have great remorse. We should know that what we've done is wrong and in our hearts should tell us that we're wrong and we should have a firm, a purpose of amendment to change our ways and to live the ways of the scriptures of God, of, of the gospels, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads us to sin. The third thing they say is that we should enjoy the fellowship of other believers, that we're not here by ourselves. God brought us all together tonight for one reason, the purpose of his love. And we share that love with each other, even the strangers around us, the people from this side to that side, from the front to the back. None of us are here by ourselves. We're here to encourage each other, to support each other, to correct each other, and to love one another. The fourth thing they say is that we have to listen to those commands of Christ. They all make some sense, don't they? When we really look at them again. This is my command that you love one another. Love God with your whole heart, soul, strength, and mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go and sin no more. We're called to to obey those commands of Christ, to Sacrifice in our life to offer our prayers, to assist in the ministry of Jesus Christ and his holy church by the use of our time and our talent and our treasure. And the fifth thing they, they say is that we, we should really be familiar with the word of God so that we can obey it with, with embrace it as we obey it that we have to come to know Christ through through reading the Scriptures, looking at the Holy Scriptures, both the Hebrew Testament and, and the Christian Testament, the old and the new, to renew ourselves, to refresh ourselves, to improve our prayer, to really meditate on what God is calling us to be as authentic, faithful disciples, even here tonight as we worship together, to become one in spirit, one body in Christ. So, for us, authenticity is important. We can't come in here week after week and pretend to be fully Christian and then walk out of here and live for anything less. In the Gospel of Luke, he says these words You you can't keep yourself true, you can't keep your true self hidden forever. Before too long, you'll be exposed. In other words, he says, You can't hide behind a religious mask forever because sooner or later that mask will slip and your true face will be known. We come before Christ tonight and we ask him to pour out his love upon us that we might be true, authentic disciples.